on Galatians 5, chapter 5, verse 1. Why don't you read verses 1 through 6? We have freedom now because Christ made us free. So stand strong. Do not change and go back into the slavery of the law. Listen, I am Paul. I tell you that if you go back to the law by being circumcised, then Christ is no good for you. Again, I warn every man, if you allow yourselves to be circumcised, then you must follow all the law. If you try to be made right with God through the law, then your life with Christ is over. You have left God's grace. But we hope to be made right with God through faith, and we wait for this hope anxiously with the Spirit's help. When we are in Christ Jesus, it is not important if we are circumcised or not. The important thing is faith, the kind of faith that works through love. That's an interesting version. I never noticed how paraphrastic it was. It's, it's very much a paraphrase. It? Yeah, it? Okay. puts a lot of words in there that aren't in the original. Okay. NRSV is, is pretty much your, your straight line of um, revision since Tyndale. So you have the Tyndale, the Culverdale Bible, the Great great Bible, the Bishop's Bible, uh, which I'm not sure that's all straight line, but uh, in the King James Version, and then the <clears throat> Revised English Version, and the Revised Standard Version, and the New Revised Standard Version. So this is the last line uh, okay. that we have so far. Uh, and they tend to try to keep pretty close to mm-hmm. King James Version, but with more modern language. Mm-hmm. So should you read it? Read it? No, it's it's. They didn't do any violence. Okay. It's just it was just. I was like, where where are they? Oh, okay. right. <laughs> so really, he's he's coming down on circumcision. Mm-hmm. Don't submit to that yoke again. Um, they miss their, your version. Did miss the metaphor in verse one? Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Okay. It didn't say yoke here. Yeah. He just says, just don't go back into the slavery. To a yoke of slavery. And and the metaphor really is a very agricultural one, because right. you, you yoke up oxen mm-hmm. to plow your field, and they slave for you, right. because they have no freedom of their own. The uh, Bible is aware of the wild ox, and how... The Bible is very aware of the wild ox oh, yeah. and how untamable he is. Mm-hmm. That's found in Job. So this this yoke of slavery is, is to them very real. Mm-hmm. It invokes up something they're very familiar with. I think something needs to be added in order for it to be clear. Verse 3, Once again I testify that every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obliged to obey the entire law. The entire law in order for what to happen. The next line, I think, says, so you who want to be justified by the law have cut yourselves off from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. So it's it's the idea. It's not that we can't, shouldn't keep the law. It is that we shouldn't keep the law to be justified. Right. Keeping the law is... And I think Paul, in this chapter... Uh, is going to move us away from law toward uh, a more descriptive model of reaping, sowing and reaping um, as a metaphor, so that we we become embedded in Christ 
we the seed of his love sprouts the kinds of works we want and the keeping of the law. So I think that's where he's headed. Anything that struck you about this? Well, the way they said it here in this in this version says, if you try to be made right with God through the law, then your life with Christ is over. You have left God's grace. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, okay. Um, I think he's being very um, straightforward. The law cannot... It's not just the law alone, basically. All right. Um, I just think it's, it goes back to... We've talked about this. It goes back to that whole thing of holding both, both and, you know, like law and grace or faith and law and grace and, you know, all of this. Like, And how... And, and yeah, Alan Watt uses the illustration of two oars. It takes two oars to row a boat. And that's true. I... I actually like the metaphor of a train. You wouldn't put the caboose up in the front of the engine. I mean, it's possible you could. I mean, you could push the engine could push the caboose along the tracks, but that's not the way you usually do a train. Mm-hmm. You usually put the caboose last, or even even the second car in front of the engine. If I believe that if we have really have trust in God and have a loving relationship with Him and really really are abiding in Him and have His love in our hearts, that all the keeping of the commandments will come fairly naturally. And he's talking about the precision. reason we need to think of the two oars metaphor is because we're always losing one of those two oars. Right. Right. It's so weird how we can't I mean, I think he's talking very strongly against circumcision in the law because that's... I, I always think we're in pendulum. We're always in, like we're always this way, or way over here, or way over here, and we can never like just be here in the middle. And so he's talking really strongly about being so far this way with the law. Mm-hmm. That's why he's talking so strongly to kind of come back this way. Yeah. But um, yeah. I think that's like... Our greatest challenge in this life. You know, it seems to me last time we dealt with this, so let's move through um, okay. verses 7 to 12. Okay. You are running well. Who prevented you from obeying the truth? Such persuasion does not come from one who calls you. A little yeast leavens a whole batch of dough. I am confident about you in the Lord that you will not think otherwise. But whoever that is confusing you, but whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. But my friends, why am I still being persecuted if I am still preaching circumcision? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who who unsettled you would castrate themselves. That's what I jogged my memory that we had. Mm -hmm. I believe we read this last week. These are very strong words. But he has a very strong problem with the Judaizers. Right. Yeah, I do remember because we even talked about castrating. Because here it says "escrow castrate." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, maybe we were on sixteen then, huh? Yeah. Why don't you read verses thirteen to twenty-one? Okay. My brothers, God called you to be free, but do not use your freedom as an excuse to do the things that please your sinful self. Serve each other with love. The whole law is made complete in this one command: love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
If you go on hurting each other and tearing each other apart, be careful. You will completely destroy each other. So I tell you, live by following the Spirit. Then you will not do what your sinful selves want. Our sinful selves want what is against the Spirit. The Spirit wants what is against our sinful selves. The two are against each other. So you must not do just what you please. But if you let the Spirit lead you, you are not under the law. The wrong things the sinful self does are clear. Being sexually unfaithful, not being pure, taking part in sexual sins, worshipping false gods, doing witchcraft, hating, making trouble, being jealous, being angry, being selfish, making people angry with each other, causing divisions among people, having envy, being drunk, having wild and wasteful parties, and doing other things like this. I warn you now, as I warned you before, those who do these things will not be in God's kingdom. So these are the works of the flesh. It's interesting that he starts here instead of where he does in 22. You notice he doesn't say, now go out and try harder to keep the law now that you've been justified. He says, go live by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I, I think of somebody very close to me who all their life, they were raised on the law back in the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, 1960s. And it was so ingrained in that you have to do, you have to do, you have to do. As a preoccupation. And even though they've rejected that past, now that they're finding that they need to be stop being afraid and trust in God for everything, they get that, but it's, I've got to trust. Mm. Oh, it's... Huh. It's with the same kind of voice. Yeah. And it's the same kind of posturing. Huh. I've got to do it. I've got to yeah. do it. I've got to do it. And so it's a constant battle because, right. because they're not letting go and letting God take over completely. At least that's how it feels to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't opened my mouth because of the age and, and situation this is about. But I keep praying that somehow the light will fully dawn. Because when when I had my conversion experience, it was like I became a new baby. And I and I loved everybody and I did what was right for all the for all different reasons that I had before. Before it was I was trying to do what was right. Mm-hmm. I I remember many a Sabbath as a child and teenager uh, where I worried all day long I was going to break the Sabbath or I had break, broken the Sabbath or, or whatever. Um, instead of just living in Christ and enjoying the Sabbath in Him, which made it a completely different day. So I understand how this works, but I don't understand how it works because it was a transformation from within, something outside of myself. So I can't own it and I can't say, well... Here was the step-by-step right. process that it took right. place. No, I don't have that. And even if you did... It wouldn't be someone else's it experience. It wouldn't be someone else's experience. Exactly. Well, and if there was a step-by-step process, I'd be back in the works model, in a sense. Yeah, but the only reason why I say that is 
step by step also means like you're able to articulate it to someone else to say this is how my conversion experience was and this is how it was different and how I and so um, and yet that's something you can't give to someone yeah. I keep getting that um, <laughs> thrown in my face I guess about the ten virgins they could not give the oil. Yeah, it's, it's not, not transferable. It, it's yeah. It's not that they were unkind or that they didn't want to or anything. It's just it's impossible to transfer conversion and transformation to someone else. Okay. And you can't transfer the spirit. Right. That has to be their own choice and their own. And it's going to be a different story within their life in context. And that is actually really, really hard <laughs> that that it can't be done. I mean, it's hard to accept that with all yeah. the people that it's, we love. It, it, yes. <laughs> yes, and, and that's, that's my concern and challenge is to know. I, I, I rely on the Spirit to, to open my mouth to say things. So the fact that I've been silent to me is an indication maybe that it's not time yet for me to say anything. That when when it's time. But maybe on the other hand I need to pray about it more. And how interesting that he lists all these wrong things. Which are things that are totally unloving. And also against the law. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> and... Um, I mean, all of them. So, so, as a single person, I'm going to use this as a, an illustration of what I'm about to say. As a single person, I find myself, especially working in a man's world, but still, unfortunately, mm-hmm. a man's world, I um, find myself in situations where I have to be very careful to heed boundaries with other men. And one of those situations is that I've... I talk easily to men. They don't frighten me, and, and, and I'm not in love with them. We just have intellectual conversations. Um, but I've had the experience of uh, the wife coming along and feeling that, oops, I better be quiet because of the fear of the wife. Mm. And I, I'm right writing, engaging in conversation right, with and, and I, I am I totally recognize that it's maybe the wife, not me. But at the same time, I'm very respectful mm-hmm. of the wife and their situation. Mm-hmm. And that's part of that is because my mother uh, nearly lost her father to a divorce. Nearly had my father, grandfather nearly left my grandmother. He threatened to leave them, just dump them alongside the road. But my grandmother couldn't drive. Um, she had for another woman. She had just because it's possible for another woman. It could be possible for his brother's wife. Um, mm-hmm. His uh, he uh, my grandmother had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been just like letting him off on the road and, and taking off. And so, of course, that was terribly frightening to my mother. And my mother, consequently, uh, had trouble trusting my dad. Mm-hmm. She projected that all on mm-hmm. her. So, so I grew up with this her sensitivity, and, and in a way, it helped me to be more understanding and, and more sensitive to a woman who 
who sees me talking to her husband and kind of flips out because of her own fears. So the reason I have, I'm not easily tempted to commit adultery mm-hmm. is because of my love for the wife. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would never want to hurt another woman. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm using that in this context because adultery is forbidden by the law. Mm-hmm. But I don't think of it in terms of the law. I think of it in terms mm-hmm. of hurting someone. Which is relationship. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why I told that yeah. illustration. Right. And to me, idolatry is worshipping some other god than this wonderful god that Jesus revealed. Yeah. yeah and he, he basically touches a lot on laws, <laughs> actually. He does. I mean, worshipping false gods, the sexual right. sins. Well, the, there's a law against sorcery in the Old Testament. The envy. Um, being selfish. Yeah, I mean, why do we steal when stuff? You know, because yeah. we're selfish and we want things for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So this is all preparation for what's yet to come. Yes. By contrast, the fruit of the spirit, and this is a shorter list, is love, joy, peace, patience kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think the Revised Standard Version has goodness instead of generosity. Mm -hmm. I really think goodness is what is intended by Paul. Shorter list, but much more big. Yes. Yes. You can just take one of those and it just, just love it all. Just yeah. love, you know, right. covers everything. Uh, one person has suggested that since fruit is singular, that is singular? Uh, lo- it's really love, and then love has all these fruits of joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, ah. faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, because it's fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. However... I'm not sure if in Greek it's true as it was used to be in English. Fruit could be a, a collective noun. Oh, right. Like a Greek. So I, yeah, I'm just not sure. Yeah. And how interesting that the last one is self-control, because self-control has to do with all these ones up, up, up here, <laughs> not having it. Even patience. I mean, that's huge. The self-control. If you can wait for something, mm-hmm. you can do without it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I often think of that when I have to deal with a person who's in my face and raging a tirade about something religious and how bad people are and you know going on and on and on like that. I I I look at the fruit of the spirit and go, does this person have love? Does this person have joy? Does this person have peace? I don't sense any of those qualities mm-hmm. in a person who is loves to pick a fight or loves to to criticize and mm-hmm. condemn and, and lash out against others. I, I probably shouldn't have done this. But I was teaching Sabbath school class in a in Sabbath school room thirteen before it became designated that way. And There was a gentleman visiting for college days, I think, from one of our academies. 
and he kept giving me the pushback with what I was saying. Uh, no, I shouldn't say kept. He did it a couple of times, but very strongly. It was mm-hmm. he, he sounded to me like a very law-type person. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, he came up to me, and I couldn't reason with him. I just mm-hmm. absolutely could not reason with him. Mm-hmm. And he just wanted to wind up and go more and more and more. And finally I said, the fruit of the Spirit, and I quoted verse 22 and 23. And I said, when those fruits are manifested in this conversation, I'll be glad to continue, but until then this conversation has ended. Mm -hmm. He never forgot it. I I had them to sit behind him when Ted Wilson came and spoke. Oh, because he came, he ended up coming here. No, no, he didn't. He left, that was, that was years later. Oh. Ted Wilson came to speak, and he was here, and he was having me sitting right ahead of me. Oh, okay. And he introduced himself, I guess, to me, near the beginning of the service, mm-hmm. and then said something about how I disciplined him or something like that. And I apologized lest I have given unnecessary offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I detected nothing had changed. Oh, nothing had changed. I, I detected that. Maybe a little. Maybe he was a little more subdued. Uh, well, when he brought it up to you, was he angry? He he wasn't happy, let's put it that way. Even years later? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want to pursue it. I apologized and he just blew it off. Yeah. Oh, he blew off the apology. Well, he blew off that I had done anything wrong. Um. Hmm. So, the thing I worry about in, in terms of these fruits is the spirit of the church. Mm-hmm. Do we see these fruits in ourselves and in other people? You know what's kind of crazy that comes to mind, though, is there's counterfeits to all of these. As far as in this day and age, love is kind of, if you don't, I think it's kind of, I would say the whole tolerance or like everything's okay, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is the counterfeit to that. Enjoy being like, or peace, you know, this whole thing of, again, it can go to the extreme of like, you know, meditation and mindfulness, and I totally like like all these things, but I can see how that can, well, if you're in this state of, of um, peace, you know, it's not necessarily God's peace. Yeah, no. you can have a sense of peace when things are quiet and calm, and you're not right. all anxiety-driven. Um, like, but it's not the Spirit's peace. But it's not the Spirit. And so that concerns me a little bit because I'm seeing that. And, um, I mean, I could probably come up with other examples for the other ones, but because how do you help someone see the difference, right? And it's very discern, hard. It's very especially hard. With Except kids and children and college-age kids that are just still just kind of growing up and their mind is still, you know, 
developing. To me, the kind of the way the way, and I I get these ads, you know, from this psychology mm-hmm. group right. that does mindfulness right, and yeah. does and I'm the not, compassion. No, I. But what I'm saying is, to me, what's key about that mm-hmm. is it's self-generated. Yeah, like self-compassion and all that stuff. Yeah. It's self-generated. It's all about self. You're still cooked on yourself. You don't have, real love, real Christ-like love is is not just other than it is self-sacrificing. That too. Yeah, that. Yeah. And and once you put that word self-sacrificing in, all of these fruits have a different connotation. Yeah. And and once you put self-sacrificing in there, the worldly way is just like, no, we're out of here. We don't want to do that. And what's crazy, it doesn't mean that God can't use that as a starting point for people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. God can use anything. It's like... But it's very, very tricky, I think, too. Like the guy that was converted because he was playing a heavy rock, heavy metal mm-hmm. rock CD. It was actually a record. This was back in mm-hmm. the days of... 33 in RPM. Um, he had the needle got stuck and said something that was about Jesus over and over mm-hmm. again, and it actually led him to his conversion. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So God can use yeah anything. Anything. Right. Exactly. To meet us where we are, but I think in terms of teaching and instructing others of what what the difference is, I think we have to start with love and what love is, and if we understand that love is self-sacrificing. One of the, I just thought of first Corinthians 13. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good description, good place to start for mm-hmm. description. Mm-hmm. Love is patient, love is kind. That's what, those are fruit of the Spirit, right? Uh, love is not envious, and that's in the list above. Mm-hmm. Boastful or rude, it does not insist on its own way. Right. That is the self sacrificing right, right, right. there. It's not irritable or right. resentful. Right. It's not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. And and I can see those those you know tolerance and, and all of those things being very close to this, but when they reach their end result, they're very far away because right. it, the people who preach this aren't always tolerant of the people who they see is not practicing that. So it's it, it. For example, the 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 people that are tolerant of a pedophilia mm-hmm. are not always tolerant of those who are trying to get that person restored or trying to get some kind of of honesty and truthfulness and 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 healing from what the pedophile did to them. I, I don't think that true, total tolerance is possible, humanly speaking. But we can sure preach it and make other people feel uncomfortable if they dare to say, "This is you're hurting yourself if you're doing this. Right. I found myself, you know, I, I have given my life to telling the truth about God and I tend to be very positive about it. But I found myself... And I, I believe this was the Spirit working on me. 
and working through me. And I gave my series in at camp meeting, Redwood Camp Meeting. I found myself speaking really strongly against sin. And but not directly like I just said it now. But um when I talked about the fall, um, I unpacked some things that we normally don't even think of as wrong or sinful um, that are all part of our society, that kind of embedded in our society. And it was like, whoa. Kind of people kind of woke up, and it was like, oh. And I even felt like... I don't normally do this. Mm-hmm. I'm not normally this, you know. And it was, and, and I normally do it in the context of your. This is what hurts us. This is what right. hurts other people. Right. But I do think that that God led me to do that, and it was needed for a purpose. Yeah. When he said about hurting us or hurting other people, that context is basically the the, the, two, the two commandments: love God and love others. Um, Again, is relationships. So when we hurt others or ourselves, is that in itself sinful because it's creating division? I suppose we would have to qualify hurting others. Yeah. You know, am I hurting someone if I if right. they fall off or or if they swim past the buoys and they start to drown, and I yell, "Turn around!" Right, Come back right, now. Exactly. Am I hurting them? Right. Right. I know. Yes. Even if they took offense, and yes. what are you telling me to do that? Right. It's like I'm telling you this because I love you. Actually, yes. You're just not yes. seeing that. And then right to now. me, to me, that is why God hates sin. Is because He loves us, and sin hates, right. and sin destroys that what He loves. But I, back to the self-sacrificing, mm-hmm. look at verse 24. Mm-hmm. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is this, is this I am crucified with Christ. Right, exactly. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, and being one another. Mm-hmm. Competing for power. Really? If we all would just do this crucify, mm-hmm. giving up our own selfish feelings, wait, where is that? Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified their own selfish selves, sinful selves. If we all just took that one verse and lived by that, and that was the only verse we lived by as far as that that was our focus, was to crucify self and live by the Spirit, we wouldn't be able to... <laughs> no. We would, you know, and yeah, of course, we'd, we'd, and, and we would me, be sinful and create what is sort of work. But <laughs> what is important is that crucifixion self is not something we can do. Right. It comes from focusing on God's love and, and believing it and... and bring it into my life. Mm-hmm. And then I realize, oh, I shouldn't be living this way. Right. Sometimes it's being put in circumstances that call you out. Mm-hmm. 
And one of those is my current situation with my parents. I am so overwhelmingly busy that I relish any time I can do the dishes, mm. which is like twice a week, mm. and any time I can do even a, one load of wash for myself. Um, and and I have. There have been days when, in the early stages, when I was adjusting to this just avalanche of things to do. I would have to get in the car, put on music that talked about bearing the cross mm. and following Jesus and so on, and listen to it all the way home. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, just like it was healing my feelings of being wounded. It was like, no, you know, this is not what it's about. Mm. You're not being wounded. <laughs> You're just being called out. <laughs> Dear God, as we read these words, we feel called to be crucified with you, and so that you might live, not us. Mm -hmm. We pray for that in our lives as we face this coming week. In Jesus' name.